Okay, Rusty here, uh, en Angleterre, avec uh, Heather Fisher. Bonjour, Heather. Bonjour, Rusty. <laughs> I'm enjoying that. Uh, we were just talking about how you've been to Barbados before Christmas, <clears throat> Fiji just after with Sevens, and then uh, now you are sampling the d delights of England. Um, yeah. Well, you good? Yeah, I'm good, you know, I'm good. It's um, it's nice being back on the Angleterre, home soil. You know, it's always nice after being travelling, isn't it, to get into your own bed. That's always the best, isn't it? Nothing beats your own bed. <laughs> I say that every night. Oh, I love our bed. And also, <laughs> we go to Lotop. Yeah, but Rusty, I bet you don't have a water bed. I've got a water bed. Wow, that's more information. I, I bet it wasn't, mind. yeah. <laughs> and you, and did you share the water bed with your pet pig? Um, not the water bed because I didn't have the water bed at the time but yes I used to share the bed with my pig actually he actually used to sleep his name was George he actually used to sleep in between my calf nice that's where he lay his nostril was in the back of my knee <laughs> so image I'm enjoying uh, and actually last time so when I came when I was back in the day back in Birmingham and you were living up uh, up in the Midlands you used to you practically had a zoo yeah, I was fortunate enough to live in a lovely house with my mom and my stepdad, Mike Lord. And um, they used to, we just, I don't know what it was all about, you know. It wasn't like it was a zoo, but it also wasn't just a normal household. Like, we would have like a llama poking its head through the window, Lenny, who would escape onto the M42 now and again and would have to call the police. would have Mike and Michelle, the wallabies, jumping around the fields. Uh, and then we'd have a few alpacas, a couple of goats. And obviously George, my pig. Nice. And so um, there was always there's always something going on at the manor. And nothing's ever um, nothing's ever normal in the world of of Heather Fisher because I, I heard a little story about you having a pet bird in Russia once as well. But, uh, <laughs> Actually, get your facts right. It was Amsterdam. Ah, uh, was it? Sorry. Yeah. It was Amsterdam, and this bird, so this bird, we were sitting having dinner. It was like two days before match day start. No, it wasn't. It was match day. We were sitting having breakfast, and this stupid bird, like, flew into the window. And I, I, I really have a thing for pets. I love animals. And this is what we, we saw him look like. Flew into the window, literally hit it, and went, straight onto the floor. I was like, oh, my gosh. So I went outside, picked him up, gave him a little, gave his little um, tummy a tickle, Gave him some bit of water, tried to bring him around. Before I knew it, he was chirping and then he was speaking. Then they put him on my shoulder and he literally, no word of a lie now, he literally sat on my shoulder for a good two, three hours before we had to go and play the game. Just uh -huh. tweeting away on my shoulder. I spoke to some of your players. They said you gave CPR to a bird. And yeah, then... I'm a bird whisperer. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> how, how have we ended up today? So what's your story, Fish? How have you, um, obviously at the moment, uh, England Sevens, um, England 15s, gen, you know, genuine one of the, you know, I would say you've been uh, one of the people in the women's game that's lit the game up. What, um, what's your journey together? Oh my God, that's such a broad question. What's my journey? Um, probably started off with my parents going through a divorce, actually, which probably gave me some really important tools, one of them being very stubborn. So I learned how to be very stubborn towards my parents which cut a long story short, I kind of directed into the world of sport. And I guess my way of dealing with my home life, my way of dealing with my parents and I guess keeping myself on the straight and narrow was to 
and bury myself into my training. And at this, I was probably 13, 14 years old at this stage, and I wasn't into rugby. Rugby wasn't a sport that I looked at and thought, I want to be the next rugby player for England. Um, I just wanted to be an athlete. And I watched the TV, and I'd see the Olympics, I'd see Stephen Redgrave on the TV, you know, Denise Lewis, the sprinter, heptathlete. And I just thought, I want to, I want to be an athlete. And that's what I... I always had at the back of my head. I knew I could be an athlete. I don't know how I knew, but I knew I had something in me. I knew I could work hard and I knew I had something to give. I just didn't know how. And I guess that's the bit that I've learned along my journey. But that's how it all started. Um, and I definitely can vouch the fact that you train hard and you are competitive <clears throat> and you really want to win stuff, um, which I love. Um, what's the... What's been the highlights? What's been the bits that you you, you know you, you look back on and go, oh wow, that was um, that was pretty special. Um, highlights. There's a, there's a few different highlights, I suppose. I think a lot of my highlights actually, Rusty, are away from the field. Like the way I've dealt with downs in my career, um, and I've had more downs than I have ups. I, I've kind of been really proud of where I've dealt with my stuff off the field because. Almost on the field for me, it's really easy. I find it, I find it a challenge in terms of obviously definitely in sevens, getting my get my lungs full of air and that ability to keep going 14 minutes over and over and over again. That is obviously a massive challenge in itself. But besides that, you know, when you're an athlete and you're a rugby player through and through, putting it all together on match day for your country is almost the easiest part because actually you've done it every day of your life and you've trained in disgusting temperatures and you know environments that push you to your absolute limit. And now all you've got to go and do is put your skills together. So in terms of career highlights, probably a lot of my highlights have been the way I've dealt with stuff away from the pitch. And I think times that maybe would have knocked a lot of people over and they've just built me up stronger. So that's probably the first thing. Um, and in terms of playing, um, probably the biggest one was probably winning Hong Kong Sevens with England in 2012 because that was my, back, that was my first tournament back um, after my broken back. So the courage for me to get through that injury, which was a massive injury for me, and one that I thought was completely life-threatening uh, and, and life-changing in terms of my career. And then knowing that I was standing in the tunnel, knowing if I wasn't going to survive, if someone hit me or not, and how my back was going to react was a really scary moment. You know, and every time you put your English shirt on, you know, you, and you'll know this, like you stand there and you're, you're ready to go and you literally feel invincible. And I would honestly say, until I got injured in 2011 with my broken back, I honestly thought I was invincible, um, and I, I I play like I'm invincible, and that's what pre, that's what probably makes the player I am. But at the same time, when you know you you've broken yourself and then you've got to go again, you question whether you're invincible or not. So to go back and play is is, is um it takes a lot in the mind to go and do. So Hong Kong winning Hong Kong Sevens is a real real proud moment. Um, qualifying for the World Cup probably a couple of years ago in um, Russia, yeah, in Russia. lovely Kazan with lovely food. Yeah. Um, you know, we won't talk about that, but lovely food in Russia and lovely country. Um, that is a crazy country. But that was a real that was a real moment where, you know, with the young squad, up and coming squad with some big experienced players and up and coming players, we had a real big job to do to qualify for the World Cup. And again, I wasn't sure if we had it in us and we had to really dig deep with the new players that we had on board, um, to put players in a position to be able to compete in a World Cup. So that was real cool to go and do that with that group of players. And then probably to date, um, my best experience probably over everything was when uh, like was winning bronze at a Commonwealth Games. 
uh, and just being a part of the bigger picture of Team England and other athletes who, you know, mentally and physically strive to be the best they can be. Um, I love those environments and I just thought it was it was done to such a high spec and the actual, you know, a whole Commonwealth Games and then to, to medal at to medal at it. Um, yeah, but just kind of topped it off really. Yeah, I thought both teams did well in the Commonwealth Games. Now, I know no one who maybe apart from Ollie Phillips, who would love a multi sport event more than Heather Fisher. Uh, Ollie for different reasons you because you are just obsessed with sport and people and connecting and learning and uh, I can imagine you were uh, you had to be put on a leash at the uh, Commonwealth Games yeah for me I just for me when you when you see athletes at the top the pinnacle of their sport right the Olympics Commonwealth Games any world you know world games I just love seeing how different athletes tick, how they strive, how they perform, how they how they compete, how they do things away from the field, away from the training ground. I just love. I just, I just, yeah. I kind of get immersed in it all, and what I just want to. I just want to see who did you, which type of, you know, what did you see in terms of training or people competing or their behaviours around events? What were the things that that Heather Fisher notices? Great question. Um, question. For me, the, the way the way that play the way that athletes um, how do I explain this one? You know, we all kind of step on the field and we kind of like I said, we feel like we're invincible and we feel like we change the world and you've got a job to do. But away from the pitch, I believe it's really important to be genuine and be yourself. And there's not many athletes who are themselves. And so when I can't, when you when you speak to athletes in their own environments, and I can only speak for Team England because obviously that's that's where you're a part of the camp. And you speak to other athletes, and they they are grounded, they're like-minded, they work hard, they're determined. They all have their confidence issues. They all have their moments where they've had injury, some have come back from injury just. Um, but they've all got a story, and I think it's really humbling. And you know, it, it's great to hear that everyone's got a story and everyone's got a journey, and just how far people have to go to even get to where they are. You know, it's never a given, um, but just to hear their journeys and see how they do it, um, and then. Some athletes who have obviously performed and they go again and go again and they keep performing. It's crazy to see. Um, but they're so relaxed off the field and actually you realise that on the field or on the pitch or in the swimming pool, wherever you are training, or sorry, I should say competing, that's only one small part of it. You get everything else right away from it. The rest take care of itself. Yeah, I think they'll be pretty good at switching on and switching off. And I think what you said is important. I, a lot of young players, we, I just chatted to a few of the players that have come through the England rugby pathway and are playing in the Prem and one of the big challenges they found is when they're injured and actually so how do you you know you're not playing you may not feel part of a team you're probably mm. there might be some financial implications to it as well so that's a, mm-hmm. an area that lots of um, organisations or teams are trying to do better is how do we look after those people better did you did you find it hard to switch off when you were playing um, no, I was switched off all the time. That was my problem. I was thinking, <laughs> no, come on, you're permanently switched on. With people that worked really hard, um, I felt I was definitely distracted in my career uh, by by other stuff that wasn't that useful and what girls <clears throat> that wasn't that useful <laughs> and uh, yeah, didn't necessarily help performance. Um, and if I had my time again, I think about this a lot because I I know you do this really well, so. I would have, I would have really benefited from having a mentor, 
So one of the things that's really yeah. started happening for me, and I know we spoke earlier around transitions, so I think a lot about that transition from being a 17, 18-year-old schoolboy or schoolgirl going into, you know, suddenly, and you'll have lots of young girls involved in the sevens, for example, and the, the next day you become an adult and you're treated like an adult or not. And um, so one of the things that would, I would have benefited from would have been a mentor. I know you you work with a lot of athletes and and you're pretty good at that type of stuff. I would have loved to have a you or a Richard Hill or, you know, it might have had to be someone older than Richard Hill because he was only a couple of years older than me. Um, yeah, I think it's really, really important. Like, it doesn't matter how old you get as an athlete or how young you are, just say, I think it is one of the most important things to have to have. And I have, I'm a mentor to five or six young athletes from skiers through to rugby players, um, guys and girls, actually. Um, and I also have mentors in my own field now. And I probably have three or four mentors that I can go to for different reasons and just express how I feel. And actually, who just kind of just look out for you and just give you that advice and that tip that you really need. Because sometimes it just hits you and you think, why, why didn't I know that? Or how did I not know that? But sometimes you're so immersed in your own bubble that you don't see the bigger picture. And it's no one's fault. It literally is just what it is because you're so fixated on what you've got to go and do. But having someone to be able to look up to or vice versa um, to give you that advice, honestly, you can't, you can't buy it. Do you have people that uh, give you confidence sometimes? Yeah, I have, um, I have a guy called H, actually, who really picked me up at, before the Olympics. So I kind of had a wobbly moment, a year before the Olympics, where you know, I lost my contract due to having a back injury. And, um, yeah, I had to kind of, I was out of the squad, I was away rehabbing myself up in the Midlands away from the squad for a year. And knowing you're a year away as well from the one dream that you looked, that, you know, that you looked up to as a kid that you wanted to make the Olympic Games and I was a year away from Rio. It was, it was the biggest year of my life in terms of rehabbing and getting back to where I wanted to get to. And, you know, if anyone who knows me, I can't get back 80%. I have to get back 110%. You know, 80% does not exist. So I had a lot of work to do. And this guy called H, um, I asked him to coach me. And I approached him, and he's this, you know, big black guy, bald, you know, you know, he used to be like a, a world champ kickboxer in martial arts. He used to beat people up for fun. And, you know, a, a great, an absolutely great guy and great mentor. And uh, <clears throat> very much into all his martial arts. So, and for me, martial arts are close to my home because I did a lot of it as a, as a, young, as a young girl. Um, but I approached him and said, look, will you train me going to the Olympics? He was like, I haven't got a clue, you know, with a couple of swear words in it as well. You know, what, how, to, how to coach a rugby player. I was like, look, will you just coach you or not? He's like, fine, get here. So I kind of get into, I get into, get into the gym with him. And it's a typical martial arts gym where it's just like your phone floors. Um, you know, you've got your kind of skipping ropes. You've got a couple of dumbbells. You've got all your pads. You've got your ring. And it's just you, yourself and your coach. And there's nothing else. The, the music's blasting. There's nothing else around you. So for me, that is like typical, like, you know, backyard training. And uh, he pulls out these like pink dumbbells, Rusty. And he's like, right, let's go, 12. I'm like, are you having a laugh? I said, you know, I'm strong. I am strong. <laughs> and I've never lived it down since. You went, again, a few swear words later, get your ass over here now, Fisher. And I think he literally roundhoused, roundhoused me across my, my torso and my abs with my eyes shut, hands out wide until I actually said, all right, okay, let's go you know, until I took it. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a me- massive mentor in my life still, t- still to this day. That's cool. I wouldn't want to mess with your fish. Uh, but, but who the hell gives this, me pink dumbbells? You know what I'm saying? 
it's definitely something I'm hearing from lots of the kids is actually around and coaches. So uh, did something the other day with some mentor with some mentors actually, and a lot of stuff around imposter syndrome and confidence for them, and the same with coaches. So I, I, it's probably. Yeah, A, around transitions, but, you know, B, around longevity. So some of those people you spoke about have been in the game for years and years. You know, they're definitely going to have some some ups and downs along the way. What um, <clears throat> And what Seven's brought to you? I mean, obviously, you've got a, a lot of stamps on your passport and, you know, you've been to some pretty cool uh, events. What's the, you know, if you were advising young players, why Sevens? Why Sevens? Well, first of all, I kind of ended up in rugby, Rusty, not because I suddenly want to be a rugby player. So I ended up in the game. Um, and, you know, obviously, I, I've, I have paid to play for my country for most of my career. It's only the last five years I've been contracted to England and paid. So I guess as a youngster going into it, it wasn't about money for me. It was literally about pure, you know, knowing one-on-one or, you know, 15 versus 15, whatever it was, or seven versus seven. I could smash whoever's in front of me and I could get through that barrier. So it was about me loving the game and loving the sport and growing my confidence in me. That's how I kind of initially started off. Um, and then I guess as you get into it and you delve deeper, like as the youngsters are coming through school now and university and knowing that they can kind of, they can leave school now and be a professional rugby player, that is really, really friggin' cool. It doesn't get called than that for a female. Yeah. Um, so knowing that's what you can now do. For me, the, the challenge in sevens is the fact that it is, you are an individual within a team. I think that's what sevens allows you to be. If you if you're kind of a sprinter, even a heptathlon, heptathlete, sorry, you know any team sport you're involved in, hand-eye coordination, all skills are so transferable, and it's that challenge of going again and going again, and knowing you can repeat your high, high top end performances. You know you're looking at six games in two days, and uh, you, you meet some pretty phenomenal athletes who can literally repeat excellence over those two days and go again, time after time after time. Um, it properly does challenge you, challenge you mentally and physically, and uh, you can still be yourself within the sport. So for me, that's what I love about it. But to kind of transition, you know, into into a sevens rugby player these days, I prefer sevens to fifteens just because I can be my myself, and and you are, you have to, you have to. For me, you have to scan the pictures. You have to see the bigger picture. You have to be able to read what's in front of you. You can't just play the game blind and hope that you'll get the field by hitting a few people. You know, you've got to play the bigger picture, and that's the challenge. Can you do that as well as as well as literally keep up keep up the game, which is which is pretty tough. When you're dying, when you're dying, I was thinking. Uh, I just remembered. So your, uh, I know you mentioned it earlier, but your 2012 final was against Australia, wasn't it, in Hong Kong? And it was a ridiculous yeah. game of rugby. Um, that was when finals why would you get to a final oh hold on you've got to the final so we'll pay hold on 20 how many how many minutes each way Ten each way for your final i can remember it how many minutes each way was it though Ten each way um so it's now seven minutes each way but it wasn't seven it was 10 minutes each way wasn't it so you used to play 20 minute finals yeah it was a I remember watching that final thing and I can't believe the intensity that given it's really hot in Hong Kong. Uh, it's really humid. They've already played five games of 14 minutes. They're all jet lagged. Um, Australia, <laughs> Australia are pretty damn good. And to be fair, they, they played some beautiful sevens over the years and it was just, a, it was an epic game. I would recommend people watch it. It was end to end. I didn't even make the line out. So I think we were two minutes into the game 
and there was a line out at the far end of the pitch in the 22 and I didn't even get I didn't even make the line out so as I as I was jogging for the line out the ball had been thrown in and I just joined the back of the line and it's, I just didn't I was absolutely douched and it was only two minutes into the game yeah, wow, that's cool. And what? What's fifteen? I held on. What have you? What, I mean, clearly you've you've done a lot of sevens, but you've also played fifteens, uh, World Cup stuff like that. What? Um, yeah. What's fifteens brought to you? For me, fifteens has just sprung ball me into sevens. I think um, it made me realise that I don't want to play fifteens. It made me realise that yeah, I'm, I'm a good rugby player. I can play fifteens, but I've got more in my toolbox than just to kind of hit it up the field and go around the corner and go again. I want to see more, I want to do more, I want to work more. Um, and I guess it just made me realise that, yeah, I love playing the game of rugby, but I don't really have to think as much in 15s. And I feel like if I make a mistake, someone else picks up the rubbish. And I don't like that mentality. And I know we don't set out to make mistakes. I know you've got teammates and that's what teammates are there for, right? I get it. But for me, a seven's just the amount of space you have on that pitch. You are so vulnerable. It is crazy. But that amount of vulnerability, I love because that's a challenge to be able to go again. Yeah, nice. And so I guess, yeah, go on. I was going to say, what would, uh, what would the perfect coach of Fisher look like? What would be perfect the, what? the perfect coach? So you spoke a bit about having this mentor. I know you've spoken to me about coaches over the years that have got the best out of you and... Mm-hmm. Just speaking about a little bit there about Charlie Hayter coming into the girls' stuff and, and doing some nice stuff. What uh, take away names, but what would be the you know, if I was coaching Hayter, yeah, you I've had, yeah, like you said, I've had so many coaches coach me, good and bad, ugly and good looking. <laughs> I've had them all, <laughs> I've had them all. Say again, who's been the best looking coach you've had? <laughs> best looking. I can't say. Surely, I can't say. You'd embarrass me. No. You'd actually, you'd actually make me blush. That doesn't happen very often. Um, someone, you know, for me, someone who strives for excellence. Now, the field is all about making mistakes, and I'm a true believer that you have to make mistakes um, to, to kind of learn. However, you make mistakes and get over them and move on very quickly. You just keep repeating and repeat, and the more repeats you get, in the more. I hope the more successes you'll get in. So a coach who allows you to express yourself, a coach that allows you to, um, I guess it's okay to make mistakes, but having a coach who doesn't punish you for um, getting things wrong, because, you know, like I say about making mistakes, right? Some players will make mistakes once, twice, um, and that's it, they're done with it, and they understand the concept and they start to kind of, they start to breed into their own and they start to find the work of the answer out. Some players like myself, if I'm trying to learn a new skill, I can take a good few sessions to learn a new skill. And because I'm such an instinctive player, I have to know it instinctively enough that it becomes instinct, which means it has to repeat a lot of times to get to that point. Because I don't really, I don't, I'll be honest with you, I don't think on the pitch. I will see pictures and I will, I will see and do from what I've done in training. I won't see, think and then do it. Um, so having a coach who kind of, I guess, strives for excellence, um, who kind of says it how it is. I love honesty. I love someone said me, fish, that's great. Fish, that's not so good. Correct this here. Cool, sweet. Look for this. Brilliant. Done. And yeah. so they kind of guide your learning. 
they don't always give you the answer that guide you towards the right answer and then someone afterwards who you can sit back down with and know that you're not going to get judged from it but you can go and ask a question knowing that actually um is this right what i'm seeing here or is this wrong how do you do it differently and that doesn't mean you don't get it it means you want deeper understanding of something so someone who kind of presents all that who isn't whistle happy but has the training sessions kind of progress with, you know, a good, good amount of skill level, um, good amount of less talk, more doing. Don't like too much talk. Nice. <clears throat> and a coach who takes control. Yeah, I think I would. I think I would tick a few of your boxes, not all of your boxes, but uh, that's. Uh, and, and, and what about what? I mean, what's going on now? And so you obviously you're part of the women's game. It's kind of got big um, and getting bigger. Um, obviously, the 15s played at Sandy Park the other week to a big crowd, and the, the women's sevens is expanding, and there's more venues and more stamps in your passport. And the Tyrrell's Prem is um, um, is 15, so I apologise, but once again, Tyrrell's is is starting to grow the women's game. What's that feel like? What what have you noticed around that? Definitely grown, like you said, <clears throat> but I actually personally feel like the 15s game isn't growing as strong as the sevens game. For me, the sevens game is every season is, is getting the, the standards are getting higher. Uh, the meters covered, you know, per minute by players and is, is getting higher and higher. The fitness level is getting higher. Um, like you said, there's more series to go and cover. Like I think eight series next year for the female game, as opposed to guys who've got 10 six of which are alongside the boys, which is absolutely phenomenal. Um, so that's that's a, that's great. Leading into the next Olympics for, for the female game in seven, that's brilliant. For the 15s game, in England, I feel like we're struggling a little bit. Yes, okay, we, we as England creamed absolutely everyone in the Six Nations. But I would ask those players and I'd ask myself, and I did when I was in the commentary, is that performance enough to beat the world's best, which is New Zealand? Yeah. Because However, for me, we're not growing as fast as the Southern Hemisphere now. It's really hard, isn't it? Because we just don't play New Zealand enough. So actually finding meaningful fixtures where there's appropriate challenge and is 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 becoming hard for the for that current England team because they have you know it's a strong team. It's so difficult because you've got so much talent in that England squad, um, and they 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 play a certain way, a very structured certain way, which I would struggle to play in just because it's not. I like chaotic environments. I like I like seeing pictures and for me, you know, when there's, I, I, I kind of, I like the freedom to play. But they play a structure that is that works for them, okay? And it allows players to kind of shine a little bit. It allows them to be themselves and express what they've got. I saw like Sarah Byrne, for instance, she's a powerhouse, you know? She's a brilliant player. Uh, love watching her play. But she just does what she does best and she just runs forward. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing skillful about, you know, it's what I do. It's like, you know, you're physical, you're strong, and there's nothing skillful about how we run. We just really freaking good at running, so you run forward. But in terms of 15th game, I just feel like, yes, they've creamed everyone, but all those performances beat the world's best. And like you said, you can only play who's in front of you. So it makes it very difficult and challenging. I'm assuming from a coach's perspective as well as a player's perspective. However, you know, I don't think I don't think the fifteens game is coming along as much as the sevens game, and I feel like a lot of the players do go to sevens in a lot of countries because it's easier for for a coach to get twelve players to to go to come training as opposed to a squad of twenty five for which you need fifteens. Yeah, and, and what and, and and talking to people like Sarah Byrne, who who I've coached at sevens, and she's pretty good at sevens as well. 
Um, what um, what do you see with the young young players coming through? I mean, and and um, and and also another thing I was thinking about: who are the people that have inspired you over the years? So, um, I'd imagine Sarah Byrne would have um, watched a bit of Heather Fisher in in the pa- in the past, and that's that's inspired her. But who's inspired you, and what have you noticed with the with the youngsters coming through? For me, I always always used to look to John Alume. For me, I used to watch one TV and just be like, I want to run how I want to run over people like he runs over people. <laughs> that 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 that's that's what I looked that's what I look for. Um, and any chance to do that, that that's kind of how I see it. Danny Barrett, I love the way he plays the USA. Yes. You know, love the way he kind of expressed himself, and yeah, you know, he kind of always has a go back to himself, but a real aggressive, you know, go forward player. Um, but they're probably the two I look for, and they're the ones I kind of in my head when I'm playing or when I'm having a kind of a day where I don't quite feel on it, they're the, they're the people in my head I think about. Yeah, I um, in terms of young players... Youngsters, so you get to play with some of the youngsters uh, with the sevens. It's a, it's a pretty uh, it's a tough place to go and learn for lots of them. So what, what have you noticed? What are they, what's the stuff they're bringing, the strengths that they're bringing into the game now? I think one of the strengths that I think a lot of them have in the 15s and the 7s is that they're so raw. They've got such good raw talent. Um, and that is, that is a real niche because they're not moulded into anything at the moment. They could be literally any player they want to be. So they're so raw that, that, that you don't, they don't do what's expected and they just do their own thing. And there's no answer for why they've just done what they've done or why they've kicked behind or kick, kicked through or chipped over or given the hands. They just do instinctively what they feel they should do, which is quite nice. It's quite a breath of fresh air to be, you know, to be a part of that. Um, and because the way coaching is going, where it's all about thinking for yourself and explore and, you know, the space above you, behind you, behind the defenders, the space, there's literally space everywhere. Use it. It's that freedom to play, and they—they, they, I think they thrive on that. Um, so, in terms of youngsters, you know, someone like Kelly Smith for me has had a great couple of seasons where she started out like a little skinny little stick. You know, now the last couple of years started to build muscle, started to started to actually mould into an athlete and a player, um, and increased her increased her game awareness and understanding. Because a lot of it with female athletes, especially, is that. You know they haven't been growing up, growing up in a rugby environment, so the game understanding is something that's always lacked a little bit. But the the want to learn a skill is really high, and that's one thing I know with females, you know, younger players, they want to improve, and that's so important. But yet, as well as improving, Kelly Smith then gone away and worked on right. Well, how else can I be utilised as a winger? And now, kicking game, you know, her chips over, her kicks through, you know, her, her defence. Um, there's so much more to their, to their game because the game is so much more these days. And, you know, your job as a winger isn't just to catch the ball and run. You know, your job these days is to, if you're to be the biggest communicator out there if the ball's on the other side of the pitch, you know, to be able to communicate where the space is. Can you kick through? Can you have a pass? What's the picture? What are you seeing? And it's so much more now than what it was before. Yeah, would, would, you're doing well to hang on in there, given the skill level of these youngsters. Fair play, fish. And have you? Um, and have you, and what are you doing? Some coaching, or is it something you're thinking about? You speak like you speak like someone who, who's quite passionate about it. Do I? Yeah, a little bit. I'm full of what, passion, Rusty. You know me. Would you? Would you? Would you want to be a coach? No. <laughs> well, there we go then. Why is that? <laughs> 
no i love i love the s and c side of it so i'm 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 trying to i think every year i say to my tutor what year am i in john but i am in nearly in my final year of my masters in my strength and conditioning qualification nice and i mentor and i coach through s and c a lot of young people and my youngest is seven years old actually um and i absolutely love that side of it but in terms of rugby Nah, I think I'd get too frustrated. Like, look, let me just show you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what's this um, that will be hard for you to, in coaching? Um, I've got better with age, so I must be getting older and wiser, a bit like yourself. But um, the frustration of the basics not being done to a good enough level for me. Like, yeah. some things are just basics. It's your, it's your ABCs and... Sometimes I just don't know how people don't know these things. But it's the same with, it's not just on the pitch, it's in terms of nutrition, looking after yourself, recovery, you know, um, your whole lifestyle. It's everything. I, I don't understand how some people don't know it. Yeah. I don't get it. You would rip apart my lifestyle. I just had a hot dog. Uh, full of... <laughs> you, you look like a hot dog. <laughs> I've got a few, I'm going to finish. <laughs> I've got some, uh, you've got to say one word answers, which would be a good challenge for you. Um, I'm going to say some stuff to give me okay. a one-word answer, all right? It could be two, three max. If it's four, you're doing pressing. Hold on, you just, you just change the goalposts. One or four? Mm, one. Uh, General right. Amazing. Charlie Hater. Pretty cool. No, that's two. Uh, sevens. <laughs> Lung bursting. I agree. Fifteens. Boring. Yeah. Clark Laidlaw, who coaches New Zealand Sevens, I don't know if you listen to the podcast, he said, too complicated. Um, <laughs> Russia. Crazy. Yeah, it is crazy, isn't it? You, and, and you go there, you will have gone there a lot with the women. Uh, England, I seem to go there. I seem to go more trips to Russia than I change my socks. Yeah, I know you guys spend a lot of time over there. England. 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 Um, rainy. <laughs> Injury. Crap. Rugby. Pretty sweet. Mentor. A must have. Yeah, I agree. That's three words, though. Uh, Bob Slay. Not above four, is it? Bob Slay. Frigging crazy. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm going a slight tangent before I do the last one, but what uh you had a bit of a foray into bobsleigh, did you? Had a bit of a stint, you know how it is, you know. Challenge yourself even more to to go down a slope of ninety miles per hour in the ice on is it ice. Scary? Hmm? Is it scary? Every time I put my spikes on and my helmet on and my one piece, I was S-H-I-T scared, yeah. Really? Yeah, every time. There wasn't a time that I wasn't scared. I, honestly, there, I was scared every time. My heart would race, yeah. Wow. Last one, Olympics. Just, um... have no words, really. It's just amazing to be around such calibre athletes and to even get to Olympic Games. It almost doesn't matter about the medal because it is all about the teams, the energy around the Olympics, you know, being, being around and competing against the best athletes in the world, 
um, and just respecting where everyone's gone and everyone's been and how how you are where you are, if you know what I mean. It's not just through sheer luck, it's through sheer hard work. Nice, cool. Well, well, you're definitely someone who works hard, Fish. Um, um, I, I enjoy our conversations. I love... Uh... I think Aunt Middleton on the SAS, Celebrity SAS recently called me lazy and I, that that got to me. Oh, did you just do it? Yeah. Oh. I can talk about it now. But yeah. Oh, wow. Whoa, that, will whoa, be, whoa. that will be another podcast day, but that was mental. That is another podcast. That's my ooh, second favourite TV. But that is, how, that is how Aunt Middleton got into my head. Because he went, you're at, you're being lazy. I was like, don't you dare call me lazy. Oh my God, Fisher, this is like, why don't you tell me this is TV gold? Because <laughs> I love you, and I love Aunt Middleton. And as Fred says, Aunt Middleton is amazing at. Fred said, it's kind of, um, it's kind of, in a weird way, really confidence building. Aunt Middleton, he's a really good coach, but in a weird. Um, he said he said I was a really good looking guy. Oh wow! So I'm not sure how I'd take that. Yeah, no. But he did sound really good looking as a guy. Well, mm. I'm a female actually, so can you call me a really good looking female? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would. I would take that. How, uh, SS, are you tough enough? One word to describe it? God, mental. Oh, absolutely mental. Push me to my to my absolute brink, and it was really difficult because I was mentally and physically at my weakest when I did it due to me having time out from obviously England sevens um it just came along as an opportunity and I'm not one to turn down an opportunity but but I met some amazing people who've got amazing stories but it is one ass crazy challenge lack of food lack of sleep does not do anyone any good full stop no oh my god I'm stressed just thinking about it now can we talk about the last last thing actually can we talk about something nice you've been doing a bit of radio stuff and it's yeah, have yes, radio yes. for Hisha. and has that been good have you like that. um i love radio rusty actually it's the one thing that i've done since kind of playing england sevens that i feel i get a buzz out of away from the pitch so yes i love being on the mic love chatting love talking Love hopefully making people feel better and laugh and think about things in a different way. Um, and if I can do that all on a the mic, then that is gold. That is gold. I love it. It kind of it challenges me to not swear. Challenges me to speak clearly. Um, <laughs> it, it just it's just it's just different. And I really I love the studio environment. I love to be a breakfast presenter uh, as I get older. Um, so that's something I really really love. Kind of love to be able to do. Um, but that that's another challenge in itself. Um, and for those reasons, I just, yeah, I can't wait to get out there and hopefully progress into it, transitioning yeah. out of England 7. That could be your new Olympic, uh, your, your new Olympics could be the uh, radio studio. Yeah, I, I, my, my dream job, like, would be to be a breakfast presenter. And people keep going, oh, fish, that's like, that's really, that's quite, you know, it's hard to do that. I was like, yeah, right, I can do it. Come yeah. on. Um, but it's just experience and, and would you have me on as a guest when you're finally doing Radio 1 in the morning yeah of course nice come on magic magic FM exactly cool look Fish thanks what's so your favourite radio station oh wow uh, Heart although uh, with oh, Bre- I love a bit of Heart Ed Troy and Paulina with um, with a bit of uh, Brexit going on at the moment I'm actually listening to a lot of Radio 4 just because I want to kind of keep up to 
speed on. You're so intelligent. That's what intelligent people listen to. <laughs> I'm not intelligent. I'm, I'm still on radio. I'm still on radio too. Yeah, uh, a lot of radio for just. As you get gone. And uh, yeah, I just I just want to know what's going on, and even even I'm a little bit confused and uh, starting to trying to make sense of it all. I think I've switched off to Brexit. I really can't work it out. I don't know if we're in or out, but I'm just living my life. Yeah, we're in. We may well be out soon. I don't think it's good. No, that's a completely different conversation, isn't it? But that is also cray-cray. We'll save that for uh, for Breakfast Radio. Look, Fish, amazing to have you. <laughs> Love chatting. We'll definitely do a part two. Uh, when we've seen uh, SES are tough enough. Is it coming? When's it coming out? Is it coming out soon? 7th of April, two weeks' time. Oh, wow. One day before the best day of the year. What's Hold on, what's on the 8th? Oh, it's my birthday. <laughs> oh, new, new to your sunny birthday. How old? Um, How old? Uh, 44. Oh, shut up. You're not 44. I am 44. You're, you're more than that. Stop flirting with me. Thanks a lot, Face. We'll speak soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.